0: I'm Peter Jennings in New York just a short while ago. Astonishing news from East Germany where the East German authorities have said, in essence, that the Berlin Wall doesn't mean anything anymore. The wall that the East Germans put up in 1961... Keep its people in will now be breached by anybody one who wants to leave. The East German Media Chief in the Communist Party said a short while ago that anyone who wants to leave East Germany and go anywhere in the world is free to do so. Anyone who wants to leave East Germany and travel to the West and return will need a visa. But visas will be granted, it is said, immediately or at least urgently by police stations all over the country. It is perhaps the most important announcement made in Central Europe since the end of World War II. Certainly since the wall went up in 1961. You have to be
1: willing to rewash a movie. Oh
2: hell yeah!
1: Sloppery Bananas. If
2: they plop, please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long-range
0: three. <laughs> Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Right the People. People. Tiso, Tiso is the official watch of the NBA.
3: Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation.
0: I'm oddly intrigued
4: by
2: neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no play It comes a dunk.
1: Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Where we wrap up at the end of uh, not even act one. This is basically our cold open. Yeah, well, I think we're about six characters. minutes into the film. Six minutes. <laughs> definitely not the end of act one. But the characters, both have established they're both egotistical, hotheads, do what they want, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work for either of them. Doug is down and out. You've had extreme trauma to your occipital lobe. Doc. how long? You got a blind side, Doug. And basically is told by a doctor that uh, no amount of shark piss shot up his nose <laughs> and sitting in traction for eight months down in Mexico City is going to give this guy a career in hockey. It's Mm-mm. over. And Kate, meanwhile, is learning you are just... Your partners hate you. And it cuts to, bam, two years later, 1990.
3: 1990. I do really... Really love the, the transition music here. This, like, from the, the hockey doctor, I call him the hockey doctor, the <laughs> hockey doctor's office to two years mm-hmm. later yep. in the mean streets. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like very, like, synthy music. It's amazing.
1: Yes. Yeah.
5: Yeah, Doug has yeah. is, is lost 18%, I forget if you guys said this, but 18% of his peripheral vision from the concussion is gone. It's permanent. There's no no procedure, no, no special well, drugs. Well,
6: so there's an operation, right? I'm afraid not. Some micro laser thing? uh, You open me up and... Doug, I've specialized in ophthalmic surgery for over 15 years. Yeah, okay. Well, you don't do it here, but somebody somewhere uh, down in Mexico City, they they shoot shark piss
7: up your nose and make you sit in traction for eight months. Doug.
6: I'm sorry. I don't see professional hockey in your future.
7: Uh,
5: His hockey days are done, according to the hockey doctor. Um... And now, yeah, when they, Which, when they cut to. I don't t- know
1: if you know a hockey doctor, but they'll say you're good to go. Do you know how much shit these guys take? Like, That's they're a good like, point. just give them some greenies and push them on the ice.
5: Yeah, Eric you Lindros would be, be like, uh, yeah, I played uh, 20, <laughs> 20 more years after I lost 18% of my peripheral vision. It's
1: Kelly off for
4: Niedermeyer. Okay, he's bumped Niedermeyer trying to get out of his own skate. And Lindros remains down on the ice as all the other players come together.
7: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is the worst case scenario here for Eric Lindros. Stevens came across like he has done so often in the playoffs. He comes across as a left D and he slides through the middle catching you with your head down It's an art form for Scott Stevens. And he got Eric trying to go through a load of red jerseys. Through the neutral zone, it was a one-on-four for Lindros. He's coming through, he beats Niedermeyer, head is down, and it's a shoulder right to the jaw of Lindros. And he has no clue this is coming. This is a freight train coming his way. A freight train. And it is a wicked hit. That is the mouth guard that he has in his mouth. It's a new mouth guard that he was wearing. We showed that in game six. But as quickly as it happens right here, no chance to defend. And it is exactly how Eric Lindros has been hit. When he was knocked out by Hal Gilcross in the blue line in March, that set off this his last two concussions. Very, very similar situation.
3: Did you guys take notice uh, during the doctor's visit of maybe it's just, I, I, I don't know, maybe I don't I haven't noticed it in movies as much, or maybe I just don't watch movies as much anymore. But like when he breaks the news to him about how like you're basically your your career's over, they shoot it in extreme close up. Did you mm. notice this, Christian? Where like the frame is literally like yes. from the doctor's eyebrows almost to like just like barely at his chin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really intense. If you yes. just look look at the frame Ben at eight thirty one.
5: Yeah, yep, yep.
3: It's like, geez, man, they went in. they get, really get, went.
5: Get tired. Tired. It reminds get me of tired. the beginning of Good Time. Do you
8: mind? Can we go back to the the scissors and the cooking pan? Um, when you said you can hurt yourself, what what were you? What did you mean? Do you do you ever think about hurting yourself? What? Why did you think of uh, of, of being hurt? Because I touched the pan and it hurt my hand. Oh, well, that makes perfect sense. What what happened? Do you remember when when it was? Do you not want to talk about this? I was sitting there and trying to eat, and she started yelling at me and pushing me, and just telling me I can't eat food. That was your grandmother was saying that. Yeah, and then she threw stuff at me. And she pushed threw things at, me. at you. Yeah, and then I picked up the pan. And I threw it at her. You, you threw it at your grandmother. I threw it at the wall. Do
5: you remember? uh mm-hmm. The, yep. Yeah, the, the start of that, the extreme close ups on the on the characters' yep. faces in good time. So you're
3: you're just like right there in their eyes, their right expressions. There. You yeah, then again, extreme close up on Doug. You're seeing him just lose hearing and see, seeing this man just like realize that his like, career is over and he has to just go back to being a construction worker now.
1: And so Well,
5: yeah, next. so that's what I was going to say. So when they say two years later, I, I wrote in my notes, God, please tell me he is working at a construction site in Southie <laughs> or is a janitor at a college, perhaps. Literally, like I didn't remember any Boy of this he... before I wrote yeah. that down. And yep. sure enough, the very next scene, he is working construction, and and he is getting a ride from a friend to boot. Ah,
6: uh, ah that's good. So, how's your lady? Ah, she's gone. Gone, gone where? Uh, med school, medical school in California. Really? Yeah. What was this? It's like a week ago. that sucks so uh when are you done with those meetings I think the week after I'm 21 yeah they gonna hook you up with a job or what yeah fucking sit in a room and do long division for the next 50 years yeah probably make some nice bank though gonna be a fucking lab rat better than this shit way out of here I want a way out of here for I mean I'm gonna fucking live here the rest of my life you know, be neighbors, you know, we'll have little kids, fucking take them to the little league together up Foley Field. Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. But in 20 years, if you're still living here, coming over to my house to watch the Patriots game, you're still working construction, I'll fucking kill you. That's not a threat, what? that's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What the fuck are you talking about? Look... You got something, none of us have. Oh, come on. Why, why is it always this? I mean, I fucking owe it to myself to do this or that. What if I do not want to? It? No, 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 no. Well, no, fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. And I'll still be doing this shit. And that's all right. That's fine. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You're too much of a pussy to cash it in. And that's bullshit. Because I'd do fucking anything to have what you got. So would any of these fucking guys. It'd be an insult to us if you're still here in 20 years. Hanging around here is a fucking waste of your time. You don't know that. I don't? No, you don't know that. No, I don't know that. Let me tell you what I do know. Every day I come by your house and I pick you up. We go out, we have a few drinks and a few laughs and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? It's for about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb when I get to your door. I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. I'm just left. I don't know much, but I know that.
5: Folks, this is a prequel to 1997's <laughs> Goodwill Hunting, confirmed.
3: Ben, this is my note for you. I have at that exact moment. Ben, we have a former hockey player named Dougie. Yes. Who resorts to a life of degenerate drinking and being a construction worker? Mm-hmm. Is anyone interested in robbing a bank, dressing up like a nun, and pulling a heist at Fenway Park?
7: Who called 911? Did you guys who called 911?
3: No one from here called.
2: No, we didn't. Uh, it wasn't us. We got a 911 call. Robbery, guys, come on. Is that a robbery? Yeah, a call saying you're being held up. All right, let me let me call Mike. We just walked past Mike, he let us in. All right, look, guys, we got a distress call, all right? So, who made the call? Nobody called from here.
8: So, n- no one called.
6: What are we doing here? Hold on, where's Mike? I just told you where
7: Mike was. You boys see, all right? See the- huh? Listen, listen, you fucking smartass. For our safety, for everyone's safety here, we need to see your IDs, all right? Guys, guys, hold up. We've been here all morning. Take it easy. My partner asked for your ID, all right? We don't know you. So, we identify
1: all the parties involved here. We're going to need some IDs and we're going to need to see everyone on the ground right now. Whoa, whoa yeah, hold yeah, on, hold yeah, on. Hand you up, your weapon. Hey, hey, relax. Hey, tech. Up, don't hey,
6: tech. Oh, Hey, we we make the Get on the ground.
2: Get on the ground. Get on the ground.
5: Get on the fucking <coughs> ground. <on the> <coughs> yes. And solving a complicated reminded. math problem in the yeah. hallway of harvard yeah. college yeah
3: yeah is anyone reminded of a little film we like to call the town yeah 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 yes
5: mm-hmm. yeah it really so, it really warmed my heart to see that construction site um and then next we see him walk into a little establishment called dorsey's penalty box <laughs> all
8: right done no,
2: now? no.
7: A game, make me a sandwich,
2: Hey little brother. Snyder can't make it in tonight. I need a hand. I got a game.
7: Hi Dougie.
8: It's Friday night. Make me a sandwich. I need a hand. I need a sandwich.
2: Dougie, wait a minute.
1: Yes, so again,
5: d- Again, I don't wanna to foreshadow too much here, but the second I saw that sign, I wrote in my notes, that should be the name of a gay bar. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'll, we'll we'll <laughs> get into that you know, that theme perhaps I, a little bit later oh on. Oh boy,
3: yeah.
1: yeah, I do. I I think like again, uh, what I also love is you see allusions to the town. I personally, his brother Walt looks like he just walked off the docks in season two of The White.
0: You know what the trouble is, Brucey? We used to make shit in this country. Build shit. Now we just put our hand in the next guy's pocket. Yes. To me,
1: it looks like you know. If I paused and watched all of season two The Wire, I have learned about Walt's storyline, yeah. which we don't really get too much into. Although Walt is really like hammering home, your dreams are dead. You're stuck here in Mayhorn, a town that doesn't exist, <laughs> at the the family bar, which looks like a total. Honestly, the location looks less than ideal um you know based on property looks like it could be better Mm -hmm. and um yeah doug is really at rock bottom yeah point of the film
3: correct
2: i got no place else to go you're my brother not my boss okay douglas i'm not asking you i'm
7: telling you you get off my back i'm no bartender get used to it
5: well, again, in another uh, parallel to the town, uh, they have a little back and forth here. And, uh, you know, Walt, his older brother, who is the 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 owner of the establishment, uh, Dorsey's Penalty Box, you know, and he's asking him to uh, he needs he needs a hand tonight. He needs he needs Doug to, to fill in and, and do some bartending for him. And Doug's like, no, man, I'm not going to do that. OK, you're not my boss. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do this bullshit work. And Walt literally gives him a you think you're better than me speech.
7: Will you get off my back? I'm no bartender. Get
2: used to it. What the hell is that supposed to mean? What makes you so special? You're playing in a goddamn bar league.
7: Hey, Walt, at least I'm playing.
2: <laughs>
5: it, is, it is the almost word for word parallel to the town. He says, uh, Douglas, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. And Doug says, will you get off my back? I'm no bartender. Get used to it. Uh, what the hell does that mean? What makes you so special? And I'm like, oh, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he thinks he's better than him. Um, yeah. And it, it was like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, uh, Chris, you can match up the, uh, the scenes so in, in post here. But I was just like, league. of course, well, you think I'm you're better lying.
2: than me. Hey, your 23rd letter? Arrive today. Detroit Red Wings. It's over, little brother. Everybody knows it but you. Give me that letter. you Doug. Sorry about the eye. Go piss up a rope. Next me time me you're letter. in town, give us a call. We'll buy you a ticket. Give me that goddamn letter! What are you gonna do? Are you gonna fight me? Are you gonna fight the world? Are you gonna fight everybody? Well, put me on the list, pal. Come on, let's go. You want somebody to eat make it yourself
5: um uh, <laughs> but yeah doug's trying to get out of that that uh that dead end town he's trying to right, he's trying things. to go places
3: I, I got two nuggets for you here one when dougie walks into the bar are we taking notice of the female bartender and making eyes with doug oh, i think it's oh yeah I feel like of course sure 953 yep yep
1: I feel it's like it's his sister personally. I don't know this. They don't establish. He never says sis, but it seems like it's kind of like a whole family bar. It just oh, does me. he say sis
5: No. Because later on, when good. he comes home and he returns kisses. to the bar, he kisses. Is it that same
1: person? <laughs> I take it back. I take it back.
3: <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> it <laughs> oh, Okay. Not that. Not that's, that. That's nugget number one. Mm. Nugget number two. Christian, you have do you have the movie on your computer over there?
1: Uh, the film, Cutting Edge, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. if I give you a time code, I want you to pull up a frame. Okay. All right, so bear with me here. I want you guys to pause where you're at and skip back in the movie to four 4 minutes, 56 seconds.
5: 4.56, okay, yeah.
3: Are we sure that the brother character is not also doubling as this hockey player. Wait, with the
1: mustache? Denmark or West <laughs> Germany or whatever it is. Wait, what, what time are we going for? 4.56. Four, 56 57 Four, 56.
5: Between yep. 56, 57. Yeah,
3: 56, 57.
5: Yeah, seven. He, catches, he catches the... He tosses the puck to a ref. I mean, <laughs> it's a very it's similar profile. I'm just putting five, it out
3: there. I, yeah. During my second or third rewatch, I, I, <laughs> I saw this guy and I was like, wait a minute, isn't that the brother... <laughs> I was wow. like, isn't that the brother with like a mustache? And, That's a like, real twist. They put him in a helmet. Yeah. Anyways, uh, not important. We don't have to dwell on it. I just wanted to. We don't throw have to. But we there. did. We are again. We're outside the bar now. You think you're better than me? I'm sorry. Is the character's name Walt? Walt. Full disclosure. Walter. In my, yeah. in my notes, I have him down <laughs> as Jim. Did
8: you say her name was Jim or Jen
2: Ah, uh, no. Well, it's both actually. Um teachers when we're growing up, you know, they used to always say, hey, you can have this one. He's a real gem. So I guess it kind of stuck. So. <laughs> <laughs>
5: this close one's a real enough. gem. Close, yeah.
1: close enough. Close enough. When you guys weren't working together, did he ever make a movie that you were like, why the fuck didn't he ask me to? first of, that of all, he didn't ask me person. to be in the
6: town he gave that part to renner yeah Don't i was know gonna ask that, about that. that what happened didn't with that didn't ask me to do argo which he which i could have i could have crushed the lead in that movie but he took it for himself could
2: have yeah but yeah. i would have made less money
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess they didn't pay you
2: to direct it exactly, no yeah. it was the way i was subsidizing
6: that
1: uh, part <laughs> that of habit life. yeah exactly yeah. wait go backwards because as you know i love the town so you see Jem, the gem character, and you're like, what the no, fuck? Well, actually, I'm I'll tell right you what here. Happened. Let so me tell I you the truth. It.
4: We couldn't afford Matt Damon. We <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean by a country mile.
3: Matt <laughs> Damon costs what the movie costs. You know what that, I mean? Is that me, true, Matt? Back then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to podcast, You're gonna hear me refer to uh, some of these characters as different names. So yeah. I'll just give them to you now. So for me, uh Moira Kelly's character is just Moira. Um, the brother, Walt, <laughs> I refer to as Jem.
5: Well, she could also be Courtney. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Courtney, Monty, Courtney. Yeah. Rope Belt, I, I refer, Simon. <laughs> I refer to the brother as Jem. Mm-hmm. Dougie is Dougie. Yeah. And, oh, when we get to Anton, I'll cover Anton when we get to Anton. Okay. Um. Oh, well, when we get to all these characters, I'll sort of. Yeah, let's not get that's, like that's a, F- Yeah. F- FYI, I have sort of a whole key of, you know, you oh, know, yeah, like, yeah. What Ben and Christian call one character, I refer to that person as something else just because that's the way my
5: It's sort is. of a Rosetta Stone that we have of, yeah. of, the, of the BCU. Um, yep. There's, there's like, a whole <laughs> translation process. We, yeah.
3: all baggage, uh-huh. we, all, we all have baggage, folks. We all have baggage.
5: You I might be done he... with With Honors, <laughs> but With Honors ain't done with you. Done with you. <laughs>
9: yep.
1: So right after this, we basically also established we now know Doug down and out. Yep. What's Kate up mm. to... Uh, we learned very quickly she's training in a very nice Greenwich, Connecticut facility.
10: Enough. Lovely. Let's do it again. Do we or do we not have eight minutes left?
4: Enough for today. Perhaps you are.
1: Want him to take a shower.
10: All right. What he needs is a ride to the airport.
1: Uh, she's gone through eight pairs partners in two years. Her Russian. Co- well,
5: later in- it's revealed that it's much more than eight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's oh, it is later, but in this scene they mentioned eight Paris partners over the last like few months oh, yeah. have been trying to train with the Russian coach Anton Pemchenko. Anton Pemchenko. is, is going to be very important later. Yep. And, um, you know, Anton really thinks that she should have become a single skater, which honestly, I agree. This I, I literally a, wrote a this a in my note, plot, but quote, should you should
5: have been making her single skater. And I wrote, wait, yes. Why didn't they do this? She's clearly
3: incredible Michelle Kwan, like she should have just
5: yeah there's no explanation skier. they really don't offer any any satisfying explanation for why she's not a single skater they just throw that question out there and leave it unanswered which was okay, very so very unsatisfying we,
3: we talked about um the 92 olympics the 96 olympics how these were like seminal events for us as children mm-hmm. and um i wanted to sort of unpack this before we got lost in conversation i do feel like when we were kids, the Olympics were a bigger deal.
5: Oh yeah, way for bigger. Kids, I don't it know. Used,
3: you, yeah, absolutely, you, you guys both have children, and yes. I don't. So tell me I don't if I'm even, wrong. No, I like, don't do even know the Olympics are about. On you. I don't know how to fucking like watch the Olympics. It's on Peacock
5: on. for fuck's sake. Okay, great.
3: Yeah. So I think that is one of the big things: is that they're watching TV now is impossible and when we were younger it was simpler there were less channels and yeah. it was just like we're all gonna watch NBC it was the
5: one thing that was on we all gathered yeah. around the TV to watch great and especially 92 because obviously this was the Summer Olympics not the Winter Olympics but it cannot be overstated how seminal and important the Dream Team
2: was that was the
10: most exhilarating 15 seconds of month.
2: People perceived us as being superheroes.
10: Please, Michael,
2: no Isaiah Thomas. No stuff. Isaiah
4: Thomas question. Cool.
2: We became a
0: team and that team just stomped on everybody. This never happened in sports. Nowhere.
4: Well, I figured eventually there'd be a movie made about the dream team.
2: This group may well be the greatest team ever assembled in the history of team sports.
5: Like, that was something that made the Olympics, like, something... There was also, for sure, an element, I mean, again, like, wrapped up with the dream team, American supremacy, you guys talked about it earlier, American exceptionalism.
2: God bless you, and God bless America.
5: The fact that this was the first Olympics after the Cold War basically ended and the Soviet Union had dissolved in utter defeat and humiliation. Obviously, it's a little more complicated than that. But in in my 10-year-old eyes, I was like, we won. We are the best. We are, in fact, literally number one in the world. And now I get to watch sports to prove it to everyone because we are the best.
3: Ben, also, I think we've talked about this on other podcasts. Mm -hmm. I think specifically about our podcast with Trashbag Ghost. Yes,
5: the Royal Rumble Um, 1991, yep. I do think
3: in the late 80s and the early 90s, Christian, tell me if I'm off base here. I do think that we were, as a country and as a culture, getting used to the idea of, sitting around the TV and, like, watching our country on the national stage.
8: Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know that these 100 soldiers that are about to get off the airplane just less than 48 hours ago were with their units in Iraq, where the division is located along the Euphrates River just west of the town of Basra. We're very proud... To represent all the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines in the field and to have been selected to be the initial group to come home. We are, of course, the first of many plane loads to arrive in this country to joyful families and to return to our homes and our loved ones. I would like to say just a couple of things. The first one is I'd like to tell the American people how much we appreciate your support, your prayers, and your confidence during these last seven months. You have truly been our inspiration. I don't think it's inappropriate for me to thank the Commander-in-Chief, President Bush, for his purpose and resolve and for his concern for us as we pursue this operation to a finish. The leaders of the Department of Defense and the services have given unstintingly of resources to enable us to complete this mission quickly and with dispatch. We are glad to be here. We're glad to rejoin you, particularly here at Hunter Army Airfield in the Savannah-Hinesville area. I'm going to turn this podium over to the real heroes these hundred soldiers representing the 20,000 that we'll be bringing in here soon. Thank you very much.
3: It was this, like, reality show, whether it was the Cold War, whether it was the war in Iraq, Ben. And I do think, like, with the Olympics, I know this is, like, a crazy thing. There were attacks on American soil.
2: The bombing at Centennial Olympic Park this morning was an evil act of terror. It was aimed at the innocent people who were participating in the Olympic Games and in the spirit of the Olympics. An act of cowardice that stands in sharp contrast to the courage of the Olympic athletes. On behalf of all Americans, let me extend my condolences to the families of those who lost their lives and our prayers to those who were injured. I want to thank the brave security personnel who were on the scene. They saw the package. They alerted the bomb squad. They cleared the crowd. They prevented a much greater loss of life. I also want to compliment the medical personnel at all the hospitals, those who were operating the ambulances, they and the volunteers who were helping people who were uh, down at the scene. Uh, Those of us who watched it uh, throughout the night last night could not have been failed to be impressed by their courage, their confidence their real heroism under pressure. Oh
9: yeah, I
5: forgot about that,
2: yeah.
3: part of the getting around the TV with your family every night, at at least in my fucked up family, it was a little bit about like, is something gonna happen? Like, like, Mm. are we safe? Like, there was always this kind of like, the whole world is watching and we wanna make sure that America is safe. And um, so I, I... say all of this because the ninety six Olympics was very much on my mind in watching this movie because the coach, the the Moira's coach, Anton, reminded mm. me so much of I don't know if this name means anything to you guys, Bella Caroli. Mm, the, not really. Oh the Bella um Caroli. the gymnastics coach, the American gymnastics coach that was Carrie Struggs. Um, um, yeah, 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 gymnastics coach.
1: Her first score 9.162 not to do, she will go and she is
0: ready.
7: time we saw her lifting after the first ball she has either twisted her ankle or or something worse she hurt herself on the first ball Probably the last thing she should have done was balls again, but she did, and now she is in a lot of pain. The amazing thing about it, John, she raised her hands overhead, her head, she finished the ball. Standing on one leg.
0: We have gotta find out if
7: she's a nine-seven-one-two, she has done it. Carrie Strong has won the tonight. She was there for Bella for her team, for her country,
8: and for herself.
4: (laughs) Kerry Strode.
3: With like all of the great young American gymnasts, hmm. and he was a Russian, had a thick accent. And anyways, this actor had this vibe, this accent, this look that reminded me so much of Bella Caroli.
5: Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I I can't say I was like that hooked into to, to the '96 uh, games as I was '92, um, which is weird because I definitely I, agree like, that I was like the... right in my sweet spot, but.
1: The, the games at this moment, it's really hard for anyone that wasn't born at a time where there really were limited options. Like And like, even in the 90s, we had more options than anybody. But it was like the world would shut down and just, it was like, pay attention. And like, I couldn't tell you anybody who won in the most recent Winter Olympics, a year I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. If you had a gun in my head right now and tell me when was the last Winter Olympics, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. And like, I think... That's why this story works. It's just really, I understand uh, the stakes here of why they all care about gold so badly. (laughs) Like, uh, it really was exceptionalism to win a gold in the 90s. Like, I'm sure it still is. Obviously, it's still very important, but it really meant something in the 90s. And I understand why Doug really wants it and why Kate really wants it.
5: Yep. And we should know why Kate's father, Jack, really, really wants it. Which we will get into uh, shortly. To place us back into the movie, um,
3: we're at yeah, we're at the ice skating rink at yeah,
5: we're at the rink. This is a, this is our first time that we're meeting Anton, um, who is if we haven't stated in fact a Russian, because uh, this is 19- 1992, the Cold War is over, so we can be friends with Russians now. They can be our coaches. This is like a whole new world. There are there are allies and and buddies now since we own them so so thoroughly. Um, but uh, I want to point out, like, we've, we've kind of touched on it earlier, uh, just the, the, the nonstop zingers uh, that this movie is just peppered with. And uh, I think we should point a couple out uh, specifically because it really is just fantastic writing. Um, the, uh, uh, one of the, one of the uh, you know, poor, sad sap uh, partners that we see Kate literally skating circles around. Um, and then, uh, you know, Anton's trying to say, like, oh... Uh, you know he's, you gotta like give him a break Uh, you know take it easy on him and Kate says what he needs is a ride to the airport I've got laundry that can skate better than that and uh, man again just uh, a hardcore burn brutal. by Kate uh, just fantastic stuff um, really really tremendous um, and then um, oh yeah and then Uh, sorry just one more like right after that so we get a little scene of Anton and Jack uh, Mosley no wait yeah Mosley's his last name right yeah yeah Um, and they're talking and Anton's like uh, you know explaining the situation to Jack um, and he's literally just like says flat out like listen your daughter's a great skater but she's a giant bitch
2: so where do we go from here two years eight partners this
4: one too small, that one too big, too loud, too much sweat, not enough sweat. Jack, she is tremendous skater. Everyone is saying this. A petite, partial, intelligent. But always is coming the big B. What a bitch.
5: And Jack, the father, is just like, yeah, I know. Like, just totally <laughs> takes it in stride. Like, literally, I think, what is he? He says, like the big B or something like that big B
1: yeah I mean she's a spoiled a spoiled bitch they really established and like this was a time where that was just liberally tossed about
5: yeah and the the dad just like doesn't even blink he's just like yes yes she is my daughter is yeah (laughs) very much Um, and uh, oh there's also like this uh, a very brief mention of, of this like guy Spindler we don't know anything about him but they mentioned Spindler a couple times
4: what a bitch
2: what about Spindler?
4: Spindler? Spindler say before he skate with her, he wear garlic from neck and sleep with cross.
5: Spindler say before he skate with her, he wear garlic from neck and sleep with cross and uh, and then Jack says, "Who's left? And um, Anton says, "I am at bottom of barrel
4: who's left I am at bottom of barrel.
5: Then you find another barrel, and that's when Jack says. <laughs> Then you find another barrel. Mm. That
1: barrel is at the Dorsey penalty box. Uh, <laughs> and
5: when I when he says another barrel, what he actually means is another sport. The different sport altogether. Just to find find you want it, you want a really good basketball player, but you can't find one, so then go find a football player. Now, that's, now just a pause, that's just as good.
1: <laughs> now to pause for a bit, I, I you know, the first thing that immediately came to mind when I was reading <laughs> watching this movie. Is I was like, this is so specific. Like, was this based on any actual history? Like, this strikes me as a very particular uh, thing. At the time, no. Uh, The best I could find is that there technically was a true story, but it happened much later. Really? Um, Yes, in which uh, an ice skater who uh, was born in the 90s, uh, Mac something, basically quit hockey to become a skater. But uh, to this point... This is not, like, but it feels like it should be based on a real story. Like it, it strikes me. As, well, like, oh, this is based on a true story.
5: It, I mean, you know. I don't know. I don't know the, the particulars of the story of uh, of the guy you just mentioned in the '90s, but I assume that if he went from hockey to figure skating, either he had some previous experience figure skating, or it took him several years because yes. i did, it did quite a bit have of
1: three months
5: <laughs> i did quite a bit of research here and so just to just to make it clear the premise here is that kate has burned through all the male figure skaters that she could you know potentially have as partners so this russian coach anton Pemchenko is like okay i'll go watch some film and first of all where did he even get this he's like watching old film of like the eighty like college tapes or like he's like watching film of doug i don't know where he would have uh, got that anyway uh, side point um and he's like, oh, I know, I'll just find a hockey player and turn him into a figure skater. Um, hockey uh, and figure skating are t- completely different <laughs> sports. It should not be, I shouldn't have to say this. This, this should be, you know, patently obvious to anyone um, who is at all familiar with any of these things. But, like, sh- yeah, technically they, they both do take place um, on ice mm-hmm. uh, with skates. Uh, but all, all research that I did suggests 8 to 10 years of intense training minimum. It's like saying like... Minimum to become... Ben,
3: you, ben, you enjoy running. Uh, I bet you'd be a great ballerina. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like... He's got legs.
1: Just He's because good.
3: you know how to move. Like, yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean that you would... And
5: especially a sport like figure skating, which like, listen, some, sometimes if you're like a freak athlete, like you can pick up football and be really good within a year. Uh, yeah. you know, you can you can um you know be a Joel Embiid and you know not play basketball until you're fourteen and then suddenly be like an absolute phenom, you know? But figure skating's not like that. It doesn't really work no. like that.
1: <laughs> no, and I, I do appreciate that like you're right. Jack says go find somebody and we immediately end with Anton is now in Mayhorn, Minnesota, on a construction site. He yeah. found Doug and this scene. I, you know, is to me insane. It's very insane. Like, <laughs> are we going to talk about the hammering technique now? Doug, Doug is now on a construction site <laughs> yep. trying to make do as a construction worker. And when we are introduced to him in the scene, he is hanging upside down <laughs> on a doorframe like yeah, a monkey. Struggling. Like he's a struggling. monkey.
4: <laughs> you are bigger than I think. What? I say you are much bigger than i think i'm spending much time watching video of you mr douglas dorsey you are a very exciting schedule
1: Slamming a hammer into nothing. Like he's just wildly hammering wood. And he's just hanging upside down. With, with
5: one hand while sus- hand. suspending himself, clinging on for dear life with his other hand. Okay, so
3: is. this is a audio medium, so we should just Oh, it. like, It's so impossible. This would literally be, as for the audience listening at home, imagine you're hanging from the monkey bars. Yeah. And yes. you are trying to yes. hammer Legs, something. While
5: upside stable. down, yeah. trying to hammer something above you while (laughs) you hang from below
1: from below not you know and he's on a construction site there's gotta be a ladder there's
5: There's yeah there's
1: no reason he's
5: like eight feet (laughs) off the ground he's he's this is just a house that he's building he's not on a skyscraper this is a wooden beam of a house
1: i just think he's lost more than 18 degrees of (laughs) peripheral vision if he's hanging upside down Like a monkey man, (laughs) slamming wood and not even hitting nails. And this is like Anton. Honestly, Anton has flown from Greenwich, Connecticut to Minnesota, rented a car, presumably, from the airport, driven out to the Dorsey penalty box, asked, where is Doug? They -hmm. say he's across the street at that site. And when he first sees this guy he's hoping will be the great hope to get them gold— he sees a monkey man bearishly <laughs> as a person. And I just think that this is crazy. Uh, yeah. And it needs to be noted.
5: Yeah, yeah. Correct. It's, it's completely insane. And of yeah. course, uh, initially, Doug is very excited. He thinks he's, you know, one of the coaches from, from the Maple Leafs or something like that.
7: Hey, look, pal, if you're a reporter, you're a little late. The story's
2: been done. No, I am coach. Yo, what's the deal? You goof on me? My brother buys you a beer?
4: What, what means Goof. are you the swede no i'm rash my name is anton pamchenko i
6: the leafs i can't believe it you got my letter you couldn't have come in a better time I'm in the best shape of my life i'm like a rock i'm skating five six hours a night speed drills stick drills road work i am not hockey coach
4: what is this maybe nothing here you try ah um.
7: Those are figure skates, pal. But no, no, letters. it, I've it been turns out. 20 hours a day.
5: Yeah, yeah. Because of course, Doug. Uh, you know, if, if it hasn't been said before, he still has great dreams of becoming, you know, an NHL uh, superstar. Uh, but no, uh, Anton reaches into his old leather bag and pulls out a, a different kind of skates.
9: Mm-hmm.
5: <sighs> figure skates. So figure, Not figure skates. All right. So
3: this, I think, is. I mean, we're all circling around it. I think this is another big theme here and um, it's like one of, I, I, th- I would go as far as saying it's like one of the like thes- theses of the film is that men play hockey and women figure skate. Oh, yes. boy. oh yeah. Um, or this, yeah. This, we could take this, it a step further no, and we I, should I, be very careful about no, this. No, yes.
1: I, I'm actually impressed. I'm impressed that this film and this is a credit to Tony Gilroy. To write this film in the 90s like, yeah I really like early probably, 90s like, go, early 90s go back to any film even from the early 2000s yeah and you will find films peppered with characters liberally tossing the word gay around and yeah. this film or, definitely or, or
5: slur is worse than that yeah
1: worse than that and i think this film absolutely throttles throughout the whole movie yeah very much the theme of like men being like figure skating Is for gay men. Like, yes. But they don't ever, and I watched it very carefully, never mentioned,
3: never once. It's never said, like, none of the characters ever use that language, so we should be clear that this is a sort of. This is our critique of the film. This is our impression of the film. But yes. I, I think there is an implication here that there's an
5: undeniable oh, yes. subtext. Yes. undeniable. Yeah. Hockey
3: is for cool, for S- straight, straight men, men, and figure skating is for effeminate gay yes. people. Yes. so much so
1: that you know uh, we learn later that you know Doug is hiding all of this from his family. He doesn't want oh, to yes. know. We're going to We're going yeah, to uh, get there. Uh, we're going to yes, unpack that
3: when he's outed.
1: Um, it, is, it is certainly uh, thrown. Now I, I want to bring this up to, uh,
3: and that is that is trauma for him. Trauma, no, absolutely. Yeah. That, he's, when yeah. He's, yeah. he's dragged out of the closet. That is trauma. Yeah. trauma for him. Yeah, we'll for, we'll, for we'll, we'll get to that scene. So let's unpack this this idea that I think the movie puts forward the idea that like hockey is for men, figure skating is for women, hockey is for straight men, figure skating is for gay people, and um, and you see it here at this scene at the 14-minute mark where Anton is talking to Doug, and Doug is like, you've got my letters, you know, I've been skating 20 hours a day, he's trying, Doug is trying to get back into the hockey game, and Anton is like, hockey? No, I'm not here to talk to you about hockey, and he takes out a pair of figure skates from his bag and, you know, says like, I want to give you a tryout to be a figure skater, and I, I actually think... This idea is sort of alluded to in the prior scene in a way that's sort of subtle where you know you see Moira like just sh- just like rifling through these men, right? Mm. Rifling through these partners. Mm-hmm. And to me the insinuation is these are girl like these 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 men are all too girly. Like 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 I can I can break these men. I need yeah. a real man. I need a I need a man's man to come in here that can take my Diva princess shit mm-hmm. and like and can hack it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when 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 um when Moira's father Jack is his name right? Jack, yeah, yes, when, Jack Mosley. Jack, Jack Mosley, yeah. When Moira's father, aka Jack,
5: Howard Hughes,
3: yeah. <laughs> when Moira's father Jack says, "Look in another barrel." To me, what he's saying is, "Go find oh go a find, heterosexual like, a barrel." Man. So yeah, probably, like go find like a straight guy. Wow. Like, because like, like, these thought gay guys that. aren't going to cut it anymore. I was like, thinking of mean, the
5: like, sports barrel, not necessarily the sexuality barrel. That's mm-hmm. yeah. an yeah. incredible other, like, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's also, you know, Kate very quickly established when, you know, Kate meets Doug for the first time that she's also really not into the idea of a lower class man. Oh, because, well, yes, obviously. Because she's immediately like, you know, when she, they touch her hands, she goes, what did you do, soak your hands in battery acid? he goes, oh, yeah. I know they're a little rough, but I've never had any complaints before. she goes, oh, I'm very terribly impressed. What,
6: my hand?
10: Well, what do you do, soak them in battery acid?
6: Oh, I know they're a little rough, but, you know, I've never had any complaints
10: before. Oh, I'm terribly impressed. What is this, final stages of Ukrainian alcohol psychosis?
1: What is this, the final stages of Ukrainian alcohol psychosis? Which that also was real... Is, I think it's important because uh, this is also important to Anton's backstory here, which I want to I bring this up. Hmm. Anton is introduced – he says that he's Russian – Kate mm. says Ukrainian. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's get into Anton's, it. <laughs> Anton's,
9: Antons. Let's Anton get into Anderson. some oh, geopolitics,
5: folks.
3: Yes. We're having a good time here. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Are we having fun can yet? Damn
9: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. It's called Ukraine, uh, not the Ukraine. 13 minutes Come into on. the
1: film, folks. Yeah. No, and also very important is soon, and this is, I, I feel like I can bring it up now because it's really uh, relevant to the conversation. Eventually, Jack reveals... Uh, uh, Something about Anton that I think is important That he goes, sit down I spoke with Anton, first of all I want you to know the simple fact that he brought you out You should feel proud, he's saying this to Doug Mm
9: -hmm. I
1: mean, we're talking about probably the greatest judge Of skating talent in the world Central Soviet Army Sports Club The Moscow Ice Ballet The works Now I looked it up, the Central Sports Club Of the Army (laughs) of Moscow Now I was like, that's so specific So that Army Club traces back To the 1920s Uh, And it was an experimental military sports site and became part of a centralized Red Army organization. Love this. So it's referred to in the West as the Central Red Army or the Red Army team for its past affiliation with the Soviet Union. Tonight, the Soviet champion, Central Red Army, play the Montreal Canadiens.
8: There are more than 19,000 people in this building. And they're waiting for the start of what may be the key game in Super Series 76. The atmosphere in the forum is electric. It's gobbled up by Scootin. He is cut. Cut with torn by Ama How he And they're
2: over the rise now. He shoots at the rebound inside of the net.
1: Essentially, the Red Army team was able to pull off such a long run of dominance yes. because during the Soviet era, the entire CSKA organization was a functioning division of the Soviet Armed Forces via the Ministry of Defense.
5: Yeah, able it's called state organization, serve, baby. It's a good thing. I,
1: so, what I'm asking is, like, Anton has his background that I fundamentally think Anton has killed a man.
0: I <laughs> <That's> said. <laughs>
1: Wait a minute. The collapse
4: of the Soviet Union has brought some amazing developments. You're about to see one of them. Only a few years ago, it would have been unthinkable. For the first time, former American spies are about to meet their Russian counterparts. As Peter Van Sant found, though the Cold War has ended, in the world of espionage, you can still
0: feel a chill. Lufthansa flight 3212 arriving in Moscow and there to greet it Viktor Budanov, former general of the Soviet KGB. Some of these Americans who are on this plane yeah. you're familiar with from your your days with the KGB huh? yeah It's possible because because it's uh, possible, it's, possible it's, true, uh, true, isn't it? it's true. General Budanov spent 26 years of his life trying to outwit the Americans and was one of the KGB's foremost spy catchers. Budanov is about to welcome 61 of his former enemies, who now work in the private security business. Well, you've got to be a little excited about this, aren't you? Yes, I am. Hi, it's General Budanov, Jerry Burke. Good to see you, sir.
2: Victor Budanov. Nice to meet you.
0: Jerry Burke, former number two man at the super-secret National Security Agency, advisor to President Nixon on Soviet intelligence activities, spy meeting spy. Have you seen know, the General's sure. picture before? Oh, I, I, I know about the General, yeah, he's, he's an extraordinarily uh, capable uh, intelligence officer. Uh, I'm thank, aware you. Of that. thank you, thank uh, you. It used to be. used to be, yeah. What's your name? Tom Rackford. Tom, you used to be a spy? Yes, I, I <laughs> was in the CIA for a number of years.
3: Can you believe you're here? Absolutely not. This is yeah. once
0: in
2: a lifetime.
0: These former spies and intelligence analysts may be the most unusual group of tourists to ever walk Red Square. But they've been invited to Moscow to come in out of the Cold War to investigate the possibility of doing business with their old adversaries.
1: Sad, but the <laughs> Wait a minute! but this yeah. has seen some stuff. He's been in the Soviet army, mm. he has fought for the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. He has seen some shit. He's Ukrainian. He's Russian. His background is shadowy. We yeah, know. I'm just That's... saying. He's. I think that he's killed somebody. Yeah, it's not brought up. It's not, you know. But I want to just I want to bring it up.
5: Love it. I mean, you know those Ruskies. Um, let's just say that uh, this movie paints with a bit of a broad brush. We've uh, there's uh, at least one or two shots where we see a bottle of stoli on the on the dinner table next to Correct. old Anton. Um, he's a, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's fond of some, some sort of mystical Eastern dark arts that we'll, uh, get into, uh, later on. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's some very, very fascinating backstory. Christian, thank you, uh, no problem. so much <laughs> for providing that service to us. Um, yes. But uh then
3: Anton brings Doug to a hockey tryout. At yeah, Christmas. we have we
5: have the the trip, the trip to Connecticut yep. in the limousine. And we see at 14:33 clearly it says Greenwich next exit. Um I mean it doesn't ever explicitly say Connecticut, um but I mean I have to imagine this this is yeah. Greenwich Connecticut. There's no other well known enough, Greenwich, yeah. uh, you know, in, in that area of the country. Um,
3: to be for Mayhorn doesn't exist either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think
5: this is. Um,
3: you guys are from the Northeast, Ben. You grew up in Connecticut.
5: Yeah, not not like, far from Greenwich, as a matter of fact. I was going
3: to say symbolically. Mm-hmm. What is the significance here? It's the money. Late 80s it's just well, it's Gr-
5: Greenwich is literally the richest town on the Eastern right. Seaboard.
3: So what what yeah what we're what we're learning here is basically Moira is you know investment banker, wealthy,
5: rich. Who even know I mean Jack Mosley is a titan of industry. I don't know I don't know exactly what he does, but when I saw this compound, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Foxcatcher. Oh, um, yeah, dude, yes. But I got big time, <laughs> yes. big time yes. DuPont Foxcatcher vibes. Oh, we're
3: getting on like the riding lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. Baby.
5: Yes,
3: we're on the compound.
5: Doug walks out of the limousine, steps out of the limousine, sees the mansion and says, whoa, should have held out for more. So ben, money, wealth, a, power, a, connect Yeah, it's, it's very...
3: Lincoln stretch limousine. I'm thinking of who, the million-dollar man driving around Connecticut. Greenwich, Connecticut.
4: The most expensive place in the entire United States to live. And what a more befitting place for the million-dollar man to be. And as I speak, we are writing down Greenwich Avenue. Greenwich Avenue is without a doubt the most expensive avenue in the entire world. For on this avenue, you will find the finest, most expensive restaurants, the finest, most expensive clothiers, and without a doubt, the finest, most expensive jewelers in the entire world. (laughs) Well, well, well. Here it is, Virgil Veterans Jewelers, the finest jeweler in the entire world. (laughs) Let's go.
7: Oh, man. Oh, wow. Gosh. Good evening. How can we help you? Perhaps a diamond ring?
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not interested in any of your little trinkets here. Uh, Nice Rolex. I have one for every day of the week. No. I want to see Terry Betterich. And you can tell Mr. Betterich I want to see him right now.
0: Mr. DiBiase, what a terrific honor to meet you. Well, of course it is. Thank you for coming. We've closed the shop, I have my entire staff at your disposal, and how can we help you?
4: You are a designer of fine jewelry, are you not? (laughs) Oh wait, of course you are, I wouldn't have come to you. Yes,
0: we've made, I think, some of the finest jewelry in the world.
4: I want you to design for me something that is befitting a man of my stature. I want you to design for me something that will make the entire world recognize the million dollar man for what he truly is. And that is the finest wrestler that has ever stepped foot in the ring anywhere. I want you to make for me a championship belt. A million dollar championship belt. A million dollar belt. A million dollar belt. I want gold, I want diamonds, and spare no expense.
0: Well, I <laughs> we never done anything like that before. I don't know if anybody's done anything like that before.
5: Dude, I literally said, "Okay, Chris, for I wrote in my notes 1433 Greenwich next exit." Oh, are we going to million dollar man territory? That's literally <laughs> verbatim from my notes, verbatim.
3: Yeah, so Christian, you talked about the that that class, like like social class is something like a theme that's oh yeah, very palpable here. Uh, throughout yeah. the movie and there is a real push and pull between the you know, Moira is upper class and Doug is lower Dirt class. Dirt under his
5: fingernails. Groiny. Doug is a mouth breather. He's a cro Magnon <laughs> man. Let's be yes. let's be blunt.
1: Yes. He is um doesn't deserve to even be in the same state as mm-hmm. Kate.
3: And so this is this is um you know, for Doug, he's a fish out of water here. I mean, he you can see it. As soon as he steps out of that limousine, he's got that wide-eyed look on his face. He's hes at Disneyland. He's never seen people this rich. Oh,
5: yeah, I know. This is all very foreign to him.
3: Yeah, this ice skating tryout. Let's unpack it. Moira is giving us a ton of attitude.
5: Well, I love um, her. Her initial reaction is, is actually, like, so, like, cr- credible and realistic. Because, as we established, the premise of this film is her most likely drunk Ukrainian, perhaps Russian, uh, skating coach, like went to Minnesota and, and dug up this, uh, man who is not a trained, experienced, uh, figure skater. Um, and she takes one look at him. And the first thing that she says is get him out of my building. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like that is the correct response to this entire premise of like, Hey, yeah, so remember those other, you know, partners, they didn't work out well, here's a hockey player. And she's just like, no, like, no way, like, this isn't, uh, gonna work. Um, but Anton, he's got those, you know, those, those, those Soviet wiles, you know, he's got a couple, couple tricks. Um, he knows how to talk and, uh, and, and somehow convinces them to at least give this a go. Doug Um,
3: is not going to be an easy sell here mm -mm. for Anton. Uh, Christian, you you said before we have what is this? The final stages of Ukrainian alcohol psychosis?
6: Nice to meet you. It's tryout.
3: It's
4: tryout.
10: Well, what do you do, soak them in battery acid?
6: Oh, I know they're a little rough, but, you know, I've never had any complaints
10: before. Oh, I'm terribly impressed. What is this, final stages of Ukrainian alcohol psychosis?
7: Hey, wait a second, who's checking out who here?
10: Listen, I don't know how many slop shots you've taken to the brain, but this was your audition. And let me assure you, it's over.
7: Hey, Snow White, relax. I'm no figure skater, I'm a hockey player.
10: Then what are you doing here? Get him out of my building.
6: What?
9: Get him out of my building!
7: Temperamental. You know, I can think of another word for it. Is that what you told him? What, like it's a big secret? Who the hell do you think you are? I know exactly who I am, sweetheart. I'm a guy who came a long way for lunch.
10: Well, please don't let me keep you from the trough.
7: Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I wouldn't wish this on a snake. I'm out of here.
2: Zatkanis, Enough!
3: A lot of pent up sexual tension here. Just oh, a lot yeah. of back and forth. Yep. You know?
5: yeah. They're the s- the sparks are flying from the jump.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and really the reason, you know, he doesn't do well in the audition. The the classism uh the just Neanderthal dog doesn't do it for Moira Kelly, who's had thirty five partners, all failed. Yes, and we, it's the,
5: later revealed 35. So later
1: 35 partners. So they're basically kind of like saying that she's like they kind of are implying she's a bit of a like figure skating slut. I don't it's implied. Like they keep <laughs> mentioning partners. Like like it's just I don't know. There's something about it. Also just,
3: that she's like undefeated yeah like, she like can she's just she can't... like she crushes everyone she's mm-hmm. basically yeah, she... meryl streep in the devil wears Correct. prada right like mm-hmm. she's like no one can be her assistant like no yeah. one can manage this like sort of psycho bitch right Correct. and it's
5: never it's never her fault it's just that no one can can live up to her standards like meet, no one no
3: one can meet her talents basically. yeah and, like, no
1: and one i do love that the only reason doug is given a shot uh this is great is because he sinks a <laughs> water ball. Oh, my paper God. Ball, yes. A water, he takes a water. Uh, Jack is, being, is turning down Doug, saying, like, thanks for coming out.
3: You know, wait, wait, be proud, can, sorry. Be we I'm, so fast, Christian. I hate, to I hate yeah. to stop you. I hate to
5: stop your tracks. This is going to happen from time to we time. Know we're excited but during the rewatchables. Yep. We got to back up to a couple things before the the the, the, the lucky shot. You thought um, it was going to be
3: that simple, huh? Yeah, Christian?
5: no, no. You're we're moving way too fast yeah. for this podcast, yeah. my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're learned. new. I know it's you know this isn't
3: the podcast. It's only your second time
5: on. You'll you'll get the rhythm down eventually. No worries. Just like Doug, it's going to take a little practice, Christian. But <laughs> but listen, we need to talk about, first of all, at, at 1928, we get our very first Douglas
4: Benny's More. Eh? Good. Hide, good hide, hide, hide. Oh
5: shit. Toepick. Um uh, yes, one of, one of yes. the most iconic lines in movie history. Um and, but we have to talk about um so this, you know, this 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 uh first tryout is an absolute train wreck, tons of bickering. And then we, at the very end of it, we have uh, Doug attempting a move uh, in which he holds Kate up above his head. Uh, And I'm talking clean above his head. Arms are locked. He's holding her by her armpits. She is a good, I don't know, nine feet up, ten feet up in the air. Pick up.
4: Okay, enough. We are finished. I told
10: you this was ridiculous. Would you please put me down?
5: Then he drops her.
10: Aw, uh, you, you
9: Creighton.
7: Guess that move needs some work.
5: He drops her right on her ass, directly onto the ice. Uh, literally, like a move that could have caused, like serious if not like life-changing like spinal damage like he drops her like not on her feet like on her tailbone onto the ice from above his head um and like <laughs> in the movie it's like played off you know moira's kind of like oh ow, and like kind of rubs her, rubs her bum and she's she's very you know frustrated and does, does her like eye roll and uh i can't could you believe this guy did that but but man, uh, let's just say uh, this not is not the first time um, he uh, he has uh, knocked her onto the floor. Of course, we know the very first time they met in 1998, 1988, uh, he, he slammed her body onto a concrete hallway. And uh, this will not be the last time either that uh, Doug inflicts... Uh, Quite uh, upsetting physical uh, damage on on uh, on Kate. Uh, so just yeah. wanted to shine a little 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 uh, little spotlight on that, just to uh, plant what that seed me, in people's minds. What made me
3: think of Ben real quick. Is uh... Woolridge set the pick? Jordan lost. Billy Johnson and
7: Lambeer just fired at Jordan. Michael doesn't like it.
0: And now Woolridge is telling Lambert to get away. Stan Albeck. Losing is cool, comes charging across the floor. Daly says, Stan,
2: get on, on your chair. And now Daly and Olbeck. How do you like this? When do you ever see this? Chuck Daly wants a piece of Stan Olbeck. And now Vinnie Johnson. Stan Olbeck had no business being
6: on
7: the other end of the floor, even though he's protecting the superstar. And Daly said, get out of my end of
2: the floor. Now the crowd is wild.
3: Jordan and... And and the uh, bad boy Pistons uh-huh. when my, when Michael Jordan was playing it was it 1988 when they were playing the Detroit Pistons the Pistons made a point of any time Michael Jordan comes in the paint, the Jordan rules we, we are literally going to physically assault him and yeah. just, just like literally just like punch him into the ground yeah he's the greatest player ever we and we're just gonna let him know he should feel intimidated if he attempts we will hurt him.
5: if he attempts a dunk or a layup he should be
3: Hurt. knocked onto the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is getting a little taste of that here. Yeah. Hey, you know, when you're in the ring with me, your your ass is going to be on the ice. Yeah.
5: And then so we go from that, uh, you know, male-female uh, kind of um, uh, relationship, um, dynamic is the word I was looking for. We go from that, that dynamic between Kate and Doug to the dynamic between Doug and... Uh, uh, uh sorry, between Kate and Jack in this next scene, so this scene doesn't actually include uh, Kate because she 's off like you know nursing her wounds and probably like putting a massive bag of ice on her body. Um, but we get the scene in the office in the back room of Jack Mosley, and we have Jack kind of bringing Doug into his into his like uh, inner circle you know into his sanctum and showing Doug the box, the metal box. That sits empty. Um, now Jack Mosley, as we've uh, mentioned, is this man is a winner. Okay, uh, he doesn't know anything else. He's never, never lost in his life. He is, you know, the top of whatever industry he's in, whether it is rail or oil or who the fuck knows. Um, you know. Uh, I think he
1: works at. I think he works at Raytheon. I feel like he's like <laughs> he's, making bombs oh, yeah. <laughs> for the Reagan administration.
5: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. He's yeah. very much like a DuPont character. He is, he's he's yeah. for sure in like plastics and also uh, international <laughs> ballistic missiles. Um, <laughs> I was gonna just
3: go like Lehman Brothers. You guys are full on. No.
5: This oh, man no. has, he, he has he's he committed has committed war crimes. Yes, he has committed war crimes. Uh, he's an absolutely ruthless psychopath. Uh-huh. And I know that because so he's
3: like selling arms, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean I, I it's it's
5: so like clear to me because he looks at that at that empty box and all he thinks to himself is my daughter's a fucking failure. My daughter hasn't yes. won me a gold medal. Um like oh. literally He views his daughter as a racehorse Look,
2: I don't have time to screw around I can't afford to be wrong about you We were 45 seconds away from the gold medal We were knocking on the door and our boy dropped the ball That goddamn glass box is empty for one reason We can't find the go-to guy 35 male skaters These boys have been doing this for years And they couldn't cut it Wagner No stamina Meyerson No rhythm Leon, Parnes, Hudler not one single pressure player in the bunch.
3: We were 45 seconds away from the gold medal. Yeah. We were knocking on the door when our boy dropped the ball. Yep. That goddamn glass box is empty for one reason. We can't find the go-to guy. The, go
5: mm-hmm. to the go-to guy. guy. Yeah. Yep. Not one 35. I mean, yeah.
3: Moira equals the ball.
5: Yep. <laughs> yep. Moira nice. is a ball. Moira is a racehorse. Um, she needs the jockey. She needs the, you know, the the, the go-to guy to, to get it done. Um, yeah, he mentions that there have been 35 uh, former partners, uh, quote, not one single pressure player in the bunch. So we're not talking about ice skating figure skating talent we're not talking about athleticism no folks we're talking about the clutch gene god damn it we need a go-to guy we need that guy we need him we need some dog
3: and um, i could think when i heard this ben i know this is really weird so like if you think of moira as like this as like the goat yeah it's like Michael Jordan or LeBron. Yeah. If, uh, if Moira is like LeBron, sh- LeBron, we need a wingman for LeBron. Mm-hmm. We need like like a wingman. All I could think of was, you know, we need someone, we need a go-to guy, someone that could hit the shot. Mm-hmm. The person that hit the shot for <laughs> LeBron was Kyrie Ir- Kyrie, wow. <laughs> <That's amazing.
0: laughs> they're putting Kyrie in the pick and roll trying to get him on urban. Irving and Curry, one on one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving
3: from <laughs> downtown. Yeah. He's literally looking for a Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and this this really comes into the scene where literally Doug hits the shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah so the... I feel like this is Doug's first foray of all. This is for like again going back to the class structure. Like this is where Doug is learning. How business is really done? Yeah, among
5: it's rich. about admit, balls. It's about okay. balls. this is
3: how it's fucking about, rich men do it.
1: This is how rich men do it. It's not. It's not like actual skill. It's just like this weird. Like there's an energy between Doug and the father. Being like, I can score. Like yes. this idea, of I can score.
5: Yeah, because the, the whole time that Jack is giving this little spiel, he's he's crumpling up pieces of paper that represent the former partners, and he's tossing them into a fireplace like ash pail, ash uh, can, yes. um, and missing every single one. So we see this like it's a little you know comedic. You know, every time he shoots it, he uh, you see the the, the ball uh, you know go off to the side and, and miss the can, and then at the very end. What does Doug do? He grabs one last piece of paper, crumples it up, and in one shot, swish, and uh, and suddenly Jack is like, okay. But yeah, then, man. but then, as if that's not enough, he holds up this check. Right, he gives he gives Jack the check uh, to you know send him on his way back home for a check, you know, a little money for his trouble. Uh, Jack gives it to Doug, and then Doug. After swishing the the crumpled up piece of paper into the fireplace ash bucket, he looks at the check and he says... Double or nothing. Double or nothing. And then Jack (laughs) says, you're on. And I'm trying to figure out, like, so what does that actually, like, what does that mean? Like, he's betting he can win a gold medal and if he he doesn't...
1: No, he's literally saying, because Doug, when he gets out of the limousine... Recognizes, my God, these people are real money wealth. Yeah. And he mentions I should have asked for more. And so Doug quickly realizes that he's wasted his time going out there and he knows he's the guy that scores. So he's basically saying, like, literally, I want twice as much money as you are (laughs) gonna give me if I make that shot. And this rich guy. He's right in the bone zone. I just think like this is exactly what gets rich people rock hard, which is just like whole – my God, like, that check yeah. is for like probably like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something. Yeah. and th- and he's like, oh my God, this guy's willing to bet this real money, this pleb, yeah. this disgusting construction worker. He could probably buy mail. that entire. He could probably
5: buy the entire Dorsey's penalty box with that check.
1: Yes, <laughs> with that check, yes. and he's willing to throw it away. He crumples it up immediately, tax right? and immediately Jack is like, yes, yeah, finally a man. Like this is how business is done. And I think that is an important component of this little scene. It's,
5: it's just, literally uh, it's a it's a backdoor smoke. It's a you know, back room, yes. closed door smoke she's uh, not actually smoking yes. the cigar, but it might as well be a smoke-filled room. This yes. is yes. two men measuring their cocks in front of each other. And <laughs> and it should be noted a dick measuring contest. completely deciding the fate of a woman who is not, not present, there. has no say <laughs> <But> whatsoever <laughs> in this entire situation
3: listening outside the door desperately yes. <laughs> listening to her fate
5: has no agency no, no power no voice She's literally like, oh, please
3: daddy oh please daddy make a good decision for me daddy
5: yeah
1: yes yeah and you know honestly I feel like this is like I'm glad things are changing but because I feel like this is <laughs> accurate to how figure skating has worked for a very long time I feel like this, everything here may as well have been a documentary honestly yeah. to this point
5: Yeah, this might be. Um, I think this is actually an expose. This is
3: Jack. Yeah, Jack and Doug emerge from the office, and they're they're like
5: slapping. They're uh they're like handshake. They're like best. They're oh my god. Yeah,
3: they are so happy. And if I'm Moira, I am terrified. And um, yeah, Jack says that's the end of the line, honey, to Moira. And Dad has issued an ultimatum. That's it. Holy shit. We have a showdown here, and it looks like our diva Moira Kelly has finally met her match in her mm-hmm. father. And uh, Ben, again, you know, with the basketball analogy here, this is this is Sean Marks giving you know LeBron or Kevin Durant an ultimatum, saying, "Hey, look, you're you're getting Kyrie. You yeah. guys got to make this work. Yep, that's you. You know, you guys got to figure this out because this guy's gonna hit the shot for you." Well, yeah.
5: Sean Marks are more like Joe Cy, you know, like the, yeah, the real Psy, the real power, Psy. the real money, you know. Yeah. This is it's my team, it's my way or the highway. Sure, um, sure. And um, you know,
1: this this moment also introduces, based on, on my notes, gets us to our first to me with oh. honors crossover moment.
5: Yes, here we go. This this is, let's get this into, is into it. Twenty four twenty. Twenty-four, 24. twenty, know 20 know is the coming, time baby.
1: mark. Yep. So basically so Moira Kelly's character, pop. Kate uh, establishes to Doug just offhandedly mentions that she is in a relationship with uh, a, a man named Hale Farst so what do you
7: do for fun? Polish your knife collection?
10: I'm sure there's nothing I do that you'd find exciting I don't open beer bottles with my toes I don't sit around and count what's left of my teeth hey I don't even enjoy a good tractor pull it's been a limited existence but I've gotten used to it
6: life of the party huh? The place must be crawling with guys
10: As a matter of fact, I do have a boyfriend.
6: Well, that is a rough gig. What do you do, keep him chained up in the basement?
10: Hale, at the moment, is working in my father's London office. He's an MBA. Harvard. You might have heard of it. They do have a hockey
1: team. Hale, at the moment, is working at my father's London office. He's an MBA. Harvard. You may have heard of it. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, this... Honestly, the character of, of, of... Kate may as well be Courtney. At this Courtney point. It's Courtney. Let's yes. be honest. It's Courtney yeah. because like it's prior to her going to Harvard. Yes. Because Hale's a Harvard man. Yeah. She goes and falls in love with this guy. Uh, everything about it reads the face to me like, hail like, the, like, face. the hail is the face is
3: the face yes thank it, you we're all there so i said before i have like a whole key yes uh moira kelly is dating the face in yep. this film i know some people may refer to him as hail yep. to me he i'll just be referring to him as it's the, the same
5: you know it's very close <laughs> it's one again. syllable a is the second letter e is the fourth letter Hail so, equals face. That's all you need to again, know.
3: Again, twenty-four minutes in, Moira Kelly is dating uh, a, a guy from her father's London office. He's an MBA at Harvard. His name mm-hmm. is the Face, and that's that. Right? Yeah, I think and, I think, um, I think he,
1: presumably he's working on his thesis. That's being held by a Bum. No, I don't know. <laughs> I think he also could
5: be um, the How do you like them apples guy from Goodwill Hunting. Oh, um, I was trying to figure out who he would be in the in the third uh, movie in our in this in the BCU series, uh, Goodwill Hunting, and the closest thing I could come up with was the uh, the How You Like Them Apples guy, but I'm not I'm not sure if that's if that fully checks out. I'll have to, you know, kind of cross cross reference that a little bit. But Absolutely. anyway, yeah, I I I my jaw dropped when I heard he's an MBA Harvard <laughs> Harvard.
9: I
1: was, I was like, like, excuse okay. me, excuse me, with <laughs> honors pod part. Fourteen.
5: Yep. Uh, <laughs> Bean Town <laughs> Cinematic Universe strikes again.
1: So now, right off of this, uh, we get into something that I just want to bring up as a personal opinion. Uh, we get into our first real sports montage
5: mm-hmm.
1: of like you know this is where we quickly get to see that this Cretan Doug hockey guy is actually taking the time to learn the basics of skating. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just want to say like. There was a time where this was a trope. Every single film had like some montage with some song. In this one, in this case, it turns out the song is Right on Time by Black Box.
5: Oh, wait, no, sorry, sorry, Christian. Right on Time is, is a little bit later on. This this first Ooh. montage is the uh, the Topic uh, video. The
8: Topic, uh, yeah. Yeah, the topic, iconic topic. topic.
5: And the song that this one is set to is uh, Street of Dreams by Nia Peoples. A single from 1991, phenomenal song. I'd kind of forgotten about it. Um, Yeah, Write It On Time comes in a little later in a in 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 the in the different training montage. We'll get to that one for sure. But but But, I feel like
1: they should come back. I feel like sports films got so got oversaturated that people were like, we can never do those again. And I feel like it's time for them to come back.
5: Oh, it's definitely been long enough. Yeah, it's been
1: long enough that it would now be like refreshing.
5: Oh, it would be (laughs) wonderful.
1: your montage of time passing.
5: Yeah, and I mean, it's one of busy. the great movie tropes. The the, the the training montage, the sports montage is, you know, how can you deny that? It's fantastic.
9: You've been to Switch. Switch.